Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Well, we're doing a new series we started a couple weeks ago called Christmas at the Movies, and we're just looking at the truths of the Christmas season through movies. And the movie we're going to look at today is a little awkward. If you like awkward movies, it's a great movie for you. If you don't like awkward movies, you may not like it, but it's called Elf, and uh, our church sponsored it. We showed it at the theater yesterday, and there was a huge crowd at the theater watching this. So guys, thank you. You made that possible. Um, I'm going to tell one of my favorite jokes. I've told it before, but just laugh anyway, if you have heard it. <laughs> Thank you. But there was a guy that decided he wanted to get out of the world. He was tired of all the hustle and bustle and stuff, so he decided to become a monk. So he went to a monastery and said, hey, I, I want to be a monk. And they said, well, we're a, a silent monastery, so you get to use two words every year. So on New Year's Day, you get to say two words. And the guy said, all right, perfect. And so he went through his whole first year. And so on New Year's Day, they said, okay, you can say your two words. What do you want to say? He said, bed hard. All right. So it went through his whole second year. He made it through. They got to the end of the year and said, New Year's Day. All right, what are your two words? He said, food bad. And so the next year they came up and got to his New Year's Day, said, all right, what do you want to say? He said, I quit. I said, well, all you've done is complain ever since you got here. So (laughs) how many of you know life is not always what we think it's going to be? You ever been there? Life doesn't always turn out the way we think it should. Life is sometimes great. Life is sometimes hard, but it's often unpredictable. Now, how many of you know the Christmas season is a wonderful time? I have the wrong year on that. Or that is the right year. Yeah, my old one had the wrong year. Sorry, I changed it. All right, so how many of you know the Christmas season can be great and wonderful, but how many of you struggle during Christmas? Anybody? Anybody ever struggle? And we talked about it. Two weeks ago before Dave came, sometimes Christmas has bad memories attached to it for some of us. Some of us, things have happened and it's just hard, or maybe you lost a loved one and Christmas is hard that way. But sometimes Christmas is difficult. But in the midst of all that, Christmas is a time when we celebrate joy. Now, how many of you know that joy and happiness are not the same thing? Right? You can have joy because joy is knowing that everything is going to be okay because Jesus is in control. And even when things are hard, even when things don't make sense, we can still have joy. Now, how many of you know it's possible to have joy even when you're not happy? It's possible to have joy even when things are not going well. So today I want to talk about joy. Now, this movie Elf is about a a baby who was in an orphanage, and Santa came to deliver presents, and he got distracted by cookies, because, you know, Santa eats cookies. And the baby crawled into Santa's bag of toys. And when Santa got back to the North Pole, they were celebrating that, you know, the Christmas day was over, and they got all the toys delivered, and this baby crawls out. And he realized it came from the orphanage. And so one of the elves adopted this baby boy. His name was Buddy. And so the elves raised Buddy, and Buddy realized over time that he was 6'3", and the elves were all about this big. He realized he wasn't an elf. He didn't have the abilities that Elf had. And so Buddy found out that his birth dad lived in New York City, and he didn't know he existed. So Buddy walked to New York City to meet his dad. And that's kind of what the whole movie is about. But kind of just the whole movie is Buddy shares Christmas cheer with everyone around him. 
even though he was kind of naive and he's kind of awkward, and the movie's really awkward, but it's really fun if you haven't seen it. It's really funny. So we're going to talk about joy. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 126. If you have a, a device that has the YouVersion Bible app, if you go to the Notes tab, if you go to Events, More, or More Events, uh, the notes are in there as well, and the verses. You can follow along there. Psalm 126. Now, Psalm 126 is a, it's called the Song of Ascent. This is a song that the Jews would sing as they made their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, to the temple. And this psalm talks specifically about the Jews coming out of exile. So just a little history. God delivered his people from Egypt and slavery. He put them in the promised land. And he said, don't be like the world around you. Be different. Follow the way I've sent you. And then they didn't. They became like the people around them. And so God kept saying, hey, look, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to send you into exile. I'm going to let other people take your land. I'm going to send you out. And eventually he did. He warned them and he warned them and he warned them. And so he exiled them. And so that means the, the people of Babylon came in, they sieged the city, they destroyed the temple, they took all the young, smart, good-looking people and sent them to Babylon and tried to make them Babylonian. They tried to take their culture away. And eventually God said, there will be a remnant. I will keep a group of people who follow me and I will let you come back to Jerusalem. So eventually they came back out of Jerusalem. And so listen to what Psalm 126 says. This is something that they would sing as they go up. In verse 1, it says, When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. It, we were filled with laughter. We sang for joy. And the other nations said, What amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What? Joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they will sing as they return with the harvest. So this song is about people coming out of a hardship. Exile is not fun, right? Now, we've never been exiled, thankfully. But if you can imagine, it was a hard time. They were away from the temple. They couldn't worship how they wanted to. They were away from their families. They were away from their culture. And as they came back, they said, we were filled with what? Joy. We weren't happy <laughs> because when they came back, their, their city was destroyed. Their homes were destroyed. Their, their ancestral places were destroyed. But they said, in the midst of all that, we have joy. And so I want to help you understand a little bit about Christmas joy this morning. As we go through the Christmas season, those of you who are Christians are going to find people who say, why are you so happy? Christmas is so depressing. Christmas is so hard. I, yeah, I love Christmas. I remember when I worked retail, I would be joyful and all my coworkers would be like, why are you so stinking happy? This is the worst time of the year for us. People are calling us names. They're yelling at us. And I said, because it's Christmas. It's about Jesus. And they're like, you're a freak. You need to leave. Go away from me. Go, go do something over here. You're bothering me with your happiness. So, but we have this joy even when things don't go our way. So here's the thing, guys. We must understand that joy and happiness are two totally different things. I love this quote about joy from Rick Warren. It says, you'll find nothing in the definition about joy about happy feelings, because as we all know, happiness is fleeting and temporary. We tend to think that life comes in hills and valleys. In reality, it's much more like train tracks. Every day of your life, wonderful good things happen that bring pleasure and contentment and beauty to you. At the exact same time, painful things happen to you, or those that you love, or they disappoint you. They hurt you, and they fill you with sorrow. Those two tracks, both joy and sorrow, run parallel to each other every single moment of your life. That's why when you realize you're in the midst of an amazing experience, you have this nagging realization that it's not perfect. 
While you're experiencing something painful, there's glorious realization that there is still beauty and loveliness to be found. They're inseparable. If you look down train tracks, and we're familiar with train tracks here, right? If you look down the train tracks into the brightness of the horizon, the tracks become one. You can't distinguish them as two separate tracks. That's how it will be for us, too, one day. Our parallel tracks of joy and sorrow will merge into one. The day we meet Jesus in person and see the brightness of who he is, it will all come together for us. Then it will all make complete sense. I love that, that picture of the tracks, because we all know that in life there are great things and there are painful things, and sometimes they're at the exact same time. You may be preparing to get married, or you may be preparing to have kids or have a family or start a new job, and then at the same time you realize that there are painful things that happen, right? Even when everything is going well, you have this realization in your head that there are still things going wrong. That's life. And so those tracks are separate. There's joy which never ends, which is always there because it's based on Jesus who never changes. Then there's this track of happiness or contentment that changes because things change. How many of you have woken up in a great mood before? It it can happen. Some of us don't very often, but it can happen, right? But then by the end of the day, you're in a horrible mood. Why? Because things change. Emotions change. Things happen. You get a flat tire on the way to work, or you get behind somebody going six miles an hour in a 25, right? Yeah. Or they're on the highway behind two feed trucks, and you can't get around them, and, you know, I mean, those things happen, right? Somebody at work irritates you, or your computer crashes, or you you forgot to charge your cell phone the night before, and you have no way to communicate, you know? (laughs) It's amazing to think we live forever without those things, right? So those things happen. So Joy and happiness are two totally different things, but we have to identify the source of our joy. We have to identify the source of our joy. And where does that come from? Jesus. If you remember in the Christmas story, the angel comes to the shepherds and he says, I bring you good tidings of great, what? Joy that will be for all people. Jesus is the source of our joy and he never changes. In the midst of Israel's struggles, now Jesus was born in a time When Israel wasn't at peace, they were part of the Roman Empire. They were overrun by Romans. People who didn't worship Jesus, they worshiped their emperor as a god. They felt like life was horrible at this time. In the midst of all that, Jesus is born, and the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy, because Jesus is coming into the world. So guys, in the midst of our hardships, in the midst of our trials, Jesus is our joy. He's the one that we get joy from. C.S. Lewis says, joy itself, considered simply as an event in my own mind, turned out to be of no value at all. All the value lay in that which joy was desiring. And that object, quite clearly, was no state of my own mind or body at all. It was Jesus. C.S. Lewis realized in the source of all his hardships, Jesus was his source of joy. And guys, we have the same thing. Joy lasts. So Jesus is the source of our joy. It's not the situations around us. It's not the stuff that's going on. It's not the family members that drive you crazy. It's not the coworkers that get on your nerves. It's not the finances that never seem to be enough. It's not that. Our source of joy is Jesus. And Jesus doesn't change. He can give you that. So we recognize that joy is not dependent on our circumstances. I love the Christmas story, not just because it's about Jesus, but because of who Jesus tells first about his birth. Who did the birth announcement go to? Shepherds. Who was the lowest class of people at that time? Well, Samaritans and then shepherds, right? 
I mean, if you weren't a Samaritan and you were a shepherd, you were still in pretty bad shape. Shepherds couldn't testify in court because people thought they were too dumb to testify. They were too untrustworthy. They didn't live in houses like everybody else because they followed sheep around. You know how sheep smell? Bad. And if you hang out with sheep, guess what you smell like? Sheep. Bad. Bad. Right? I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. But so shepherds were poor. They were humble. They were destitute. People didn't like them. They didn't, they didn't get invited to Christmas parties. They didn't get invited to social events. And Jesus came in non-ideal conditions. You realize Jesus was born within sight of the biggest military fort in history. I mean, the, the center of power at the time was within five miles of where Jesus was born. He could have seen it from there. Jesus should have been born there. But he was born in a stable because he came for ordinary people like us. His situation was not ideal. His parents' situation was not ideal. He was born in the midst of scandal. And so, guys, many of us have situations in our lives that are not ideal. But I'm telling you, you can have joy in the midst of that because of Jesus, because of who he is. And we have to realize that our joy is not based on our merits. It's not based on how good we are. There's a pastor, uh, and his name is Brian Bill. He said this, The Lord comes to the lowly, to the most undeserving, to the neglected and the marginalized in order to show his power. The shepherds help us see that God has a message for sinners just like us. Everyone matters to God. And the only announcement of Christ's birth goes out to a bunch of uneducated outcasts. And guys, so many of us think that if I find the right person to be with, if I find the right boyfriend or girlfriend, or if I find the right job, or if I get the right degree, then I'm going to have joy. No. Those things can bring happiness, which are temporary. So how many of you know you can marry the best person in the world, they still get on your nerves, right? How many of you know you can get the greatest job in the world and it's still not the greatest sometimes? You can buy the best vehicle and it's still going to break down. You can have the coolest motorcycle and it's still not going to run all the time, right? You can have all these things that you think are going to bring you happiness, but they don't. But Jesus, as the source of joy, will never let us down. He is the source of that. True true joy, that's hard to say. True joy comes through a relationship with Jesus. And in that, you can have joy in the midst of the darkest hours. So, I've got a scene here from Elf um, where he is walking and he comes across an animal. Now, he's used to animals at the North Pole that are claymation and they're happy all the time. He comes across a raccoon with a bad attitude. So, what's this? Yeah, you have to just clear it. Sorry. So, how many of you know raccoons are not huggers for the most part? But even in the midst of all these things that happen, you can still have what? Joy. Because it's not based on our circumstances. It's not based on how good or bad we are. It's based on Christ. So that's how we find joy. So what do we do with joy? How do we express joy? Well, if you look in Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verses 16 to 20, this is the birth announcement of Jesus. As we said, it went to a bunch of shepherds. But I want to talk about what the shepherds did here. So Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 16. So the angels show up and they tell the shepherds about Jesus. And so the shepherds say, hey, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing. So in verse 16, it says, They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. 
All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things hidden in her heart and thought about them often. But the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So what was the very first thing the shepherds did when they found Jesus? They told people about it. They told people about that joy. They told them what they had found and what they had seen. They told them. And so, guys, we can have joy and we can rejoice even when things don't go like we plan. We can still talk about that joy even when things don't go the way that we think they should, right? So you can be in the midst of a horrible situation. You can be in the midst of a really frustrating season of life because life comes in seasons. Sometimes we have things and everything just seems to go really, really well, and that's awesome. (laughs) And then it seems like when bad things happen, they kind of pile on top of each other, don't they? You ever notice that? Bad things don't come by themselves. They bring like three other friends with them, right? I mean, I remember I had one season in my life when I was, I was in college and I was single. <laughs> it just seemed like bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. And I finally, at one point, I actually just said, all right, what else can go wrong? Let's just have it now, you know. Let's, and then I went to my mailbox and I got a bill. And so it was amazing, right? And so those bad things happen. Well, there's a scene in the movie where Buddy... Uh, he went to find his dad. His dad thought he was crazy. So he went to a big department store and he went to the Santa's village uh, to find Santa Claus. And so we'll see what happened to Buddy in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> so he found a fake Santa Claus. It wasn't who he thought. It wasn't how he thought life should go. But so we understand that in the midst of hard situations, we can still have joy and we can still express that joy. We can rejoice even when things are hard. I love this quote from Rufus Jones. He wrote a a book called The Inner Life. He said, true joy is not a thing of moods, not a capricious emotion tied to the fluctuating experiences. It's a state and condition of the soul. It survives through pain and sorrow and like a subterranean springs, waters the whole life. It is intimately allied and bound up with love and goodness, which is deeply rooted in the life of God. So guys, we can rejoice even when things are hard. We can rejoice even in those times, so we can express joy even in the midst of hardship. And here's the thing, if you get anything else out of this message, we can trust God for future blessings while we rejoice in what he's doing now. How many of you know we can rejoice even in hardships? Paul talked about that. He said, I rejoice even in my hardships, even in my troubles. You know, we think of Paul, we think, man, Paul had a great life. Everything went really well for him. (laughs) Not really. Paul was beaten several times. He was shipwrecked. He was left for dead. He was bit by a snake. I mean, Paul had all kinds of hardships, and he said he can rejoice even in that. So guys, even in the midst of our hardships, we can rejoice. We can thank God for what he's doing because we trust him for being good. And we look forward for what he's going to do in the future because we know that he's good. We know that he's trustworthy. And so guys, some of you right now, some of you watching at home even, are in the midst of a hard time. Some of you are in the midst of difficult seasons. We can rejoice even in those. Some of us are in great seasons. Some of us are excited about what God's doing. We're excited about the stage of life that we're in. We can rejoice then too. So we can trust him in the good and the bad, and we trust him for future blessings, and we rejoice in what God's doing now. And then lastly, what do we do with joy? Well, we're supposed to give it away. We're supposed to share that Christmas joy that we have. We give it away to others. Because joy is meant to be shared. In Psalm 98, 
Verses two through four, it says, The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. So guys, he says, the psalmist says, we should sing for joy. Now, some of us, it's not a great sound when we sing. I understand. I'm, I'm the chief of you, right? But we can still make a joyful noise, right? We can still sing, even though it may not sound great. We sing that joy. One of the things that Buddy the Elf says is one of the best ways to spend, spread Christmas cheers to sing loudly for everyone to hear. So we'll show you this here. All right. So we can sing all the time, right? Whether we're in public or in private. I sing better in the car because other people don't have to hear me. But we can sing. We give joy away so we can share that joy with others. And then there's some practical ways we can share Christmas joy. Guys, one of the reasons we do outreach is the reason we do things around Christmas time is it's a great opportunity because people are already thinking about Jesus. All these, a lot of these Christmas songs we sing talk about the birth of Jesus. So at Christmas time, we share that joy by giving gifts. This is one of the reasons we do our blessing tree. We give gifts to others and we share with them. It's because Jesus has done so much for us. There was a, a judge, he was sitting on the bench and he was kind of going through his list of people that he had to he had to sentence that day. And so he was kind of in a good mood. And so he had a prisoner brought before him. He said, well, what are you charged with? The guy said, well, I, I did my Christmas shop a little early. And the judge said, well, that's not really a crime. How early were you doing the shopping? And he said, uh, before the store opened. <laughs> so, yeah, don't do that. Uh, but we can give gifts. We give those away to share with others. We can give gifts to remind us of what Jesus did in salvation. This is why our family does the blessing tree. We, we take a gift. We say, this is something you would normally receive, but you're going to give it away to others as a reminder. We tell others. We don't have to scream or yell or force it down their throats, but we tell them what Jesus has done. We tell them why we celebrate Christmas. And we demonstrate it by our lifestyle. Guys, there are, especially this year, there are so many people who need somebody to visit them. There are so many people stuck in nursing homes and I don't know if you know, but for the majority of the year during COVID, they were isolated. I went and visited a lady a while back, and she said she couldn't have any visitors for, like, months at a time. They were stuck in their rooms. They, they couldn't go because they were afraid of the virus spreading and, and, you know, wiping out entire populations. So they were stuck. So we can go visit people. I know Amber takes our, our kids' church kids over to the nursing home, and they sing Christmas carols to them. Uh, you know, just things like that, just small things. We can demonstrate our joy of Christmas by our lifestyles. We can invite people to our homes for parties or for Christmas or go out and, and carol on the streets. So there's lots of ways, but I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. And I just want you to take a look at your life and say, you know, am I, am I celebrating the joy of Christmas? Am I spreading the joy of Christmas? So if you're able this morning, would you stand? If you're physically able and, you, and you're willing, do you want to stand with us this morning? So I'm going to ask you to just take a moment and just ask God to speak to each of us. Are we, are we understanding joy or are we mixing joy and happiness up? Because we can have joy in the midst of hardships. Are we expressing that joy? Are we taking opportunities that God gives us to share that joy of Christmas? Are we sharing it? So, Lord, I thank you this morning. 
for the chance to come together and to celebrate you, to celebrate your birth and the way that you came to each of us this Christmas season. And Lord, I pray that you would be with each and every one of us here today. And Lord, I know that some of us here today are in great spots. Some of us here today are, are struggling. Lord, I thank you that you're with us in the midst of those things. Even in hardship, even in joy, we can express the joy that you've given us in the good times and the bad. So Lord, I pray that you'd be with each and every one of us today. Lord, I pray especially for those who are struggling today. Maybe they're here, maybe they're watching at home. Lord, I pray that your joy would flood our hearts because joy is not based on our circumstances. It's not based on how good or bad we might be, Lord. It's based on your goodness. It's based on your love. And Lord, I pray that your presence would flood homes, would flood lives with joy and peace today. Oh, there may be some of us here who don't have a relationship with you and they don't have that joy because they've never started that relationship or haven't continued that relationship. Lord, I pray you would speak to those as well. So I'm going to ask you to just take a moment this morning. Would you close your eyes? Just allow God to speak to our hearts today. And if you're here today, if you're watching at home, you say, you know, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Christ like you've talked about. I've never asked him to forgive my sins. I've never started this relationship and I don't have that joy because I don't have that relationship. Would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? I want to pray with you this morning. I'm going to ask all of you to pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray with those who raise their hands. And we never know if there's someone watching at home and we can't see them. So we, we pray this every week. Uh, and this is not a religious thing. This is not a magical thing. This is just you talking to Jesus. And just you saying, you know, Lord, I need you. So would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus. Thank you so much for loving me right where I'm at. Thank you for coming to this earth, being born in a manger, and dying for my sins in my place. And I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. Come into my life and make me new. Help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you pray that prayer and you mean it in your heart that you're a brand new person inside. And that starts a relationship with Jesus that lasts our whole life. And we maintain that. We keep that up. If you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, I'm really struggling this Christmas. I need God's joy to fill me. You just raise your hand right where you're at. We just want to pray with you this morning. I just need joy. Yeah. Lord, I just pray for all those today who said they just they need joy this Christmas season. Lord, would you help them today? Lord, I pray that you would fill their hearts with joy that's not based on circumstances, it's based on you. And Lord, I pray you would help us to share that joy with others. Lord, give us opportunities to share the reason that we celebrate Christmas with others, the reason that we have hope. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close here with a song this morning. If you need prayer, you can come up to the front. Someone will meet you up here. You may just say, you know, Pastor, I just, I need joy. And we'll invite some people to come up and lay a hand on your shoulder and pray for you. Uh, you can pray in your seats as we sing this last song.